and welcome to the Time for the Good News podcast, the place where you'll hear nothing but good news. We are your hosts, Susan and Dan Grantfield. Welcome to episode 11 of Time for the Good News. Interestingly, it's been one year since we started our podcast. Mm -hmm. And thank you to all our listeners from all over the world who've uh, tuned in to listen to myself and Susan talk about good news stories. Mm. So today... COP26 starts in Glasgow, which is mainly about climate change and global warming. Uh, but I think it's becoming an environmental um, mm. conference as well. So people from all over the world coming to the fair city of Glasgow, dear to both of us from both a work and a life perspective. Mm-hmm. So this episode, we've decided to focus on climate change and the environment haven't we we have we have yeah and when we were thinking about it we were thinking oh cop 26 it's a wee bit controversial um and does it fit with the whole time for a good news for the good news um vibe that we have here and i know there's some people who think cop 26 is a waste of time it's just a lot of politicians talking nothing actually changes um and that may yeah that may or may not be true um but for me i i feel like the fact that it's happening is is good for lots of people so if you are someone who is hopeful that that things will change then great it's shining a spotlight on that and you know um, there's people coming together who are, who are going to be making decisions whether they take action or not is the next is the next thing and if you're somebody who sits in the camp of frustration for being frustrated with people just talking and not taking action then what I've noticed is there's a lot of kind of fringe events going on. So it's, yeah. again, it's creating an energy of people saying, right, we need to actually do something, um, maybe at the grassroots. And then if you're agnostic and you don't really care, it kind of has to be in your consciousness. You can't not be aware of it. No. So I understand some of the criticisms about people travelling from all over the world mm. into Glasgow as well, and why isn't it on Zoom? But I think it'd be quite difficult to have a meeting of all those countries online i'm sure there'll be online meetings as part of it if you know Mm. what i mean but of course people are using jets and private Mm -hmm, jets mm. and that's what all the controversy about teslas being used to ferry people back and forth but actually there's no charging points for them Mm -hmm. there's all that sort of stuff but the media as we know likes to focus on the bad Mm. the whole point of cop 26 is governments are going to make commitments to reducing the impact of human beings on the world, whether it's climate change or the environment, and that's got to be celebrated, especially when it leads to us holding governments to account for the actions they claim they're going to do. Mm, yeah. So, to say it's a waste of time is very, uh, you know, is a is a really poor attitude these days. Mm. Things like COP twenty six do need do need to happen. Mm, yeah. Uh, I guess the question of will it make a difference, that's not, we're not here to talk about that um, yeah. and it remains to be seen. But the, the purpose of this podcast has always been and will continue to be shining a, a light on where people are already taking action. So COP26 is the big, you know, the big political stage. Um, but there's people, and we're going to share some stories today, of people who are already doing amazing things oh, to tackle these, these challenges. So, should we kick off? Sure. Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So this month, um, a Boeing 737 took off from Houston in the USA. One of its engines was burning standard petroleum-based aviation fuel from a Texas oil refinery. The other was running on gas produced entirely from leftover cooking oil. 
and grease from a factory in Los Angeles. Wow. So each engine burned 600 gallons, according to United Airlines, who were running the project, and created the same carbon emissions. So we all go, well, what's the point in this then? 12,660 pounds of carbon or 5,000 kilos in our in mm. our money. The sustainable fuel is made from plant-based sources instead of petroleum. And because plants consume CO2 during photosynthesis, it has a 70% smaller carbon footprint ah, right. because it's recycled effectively. Yeah. So Lauren Riley, who's United Airlines Managing Director for Global and Environmental Affairs and Sustainability, mm-hmm. oh, said they were trying to demonstrate that the aircraft can operate in the same way on sustainable fuel, and it has. Mm. Now we might say, it's still burning, mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah. we just mentioned, something and producing carbon, which it is. But sustainable aviation fuel, or SAF mm-hmm. uh, for short, is part of a, blink, a big plant fuel engine carbon recycling loop. Ah, oh, okay. So rather than a one-way ticket that sends carbon from a subterranean oil patch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. directly into the atmosphere, it's part of a loop. Of yeah. recycling, yeah. So even though it is producing carbon, mm-hmm. it's not uh, producing new carbon. Yeah, and that that seems to be in a lot of these environmental stories. It's the circular nature of That's things it. that is yeah. is definitely a way forward. Yeah. yeah. It's also, if you think about it, it's kind of it's steps, steps yeah. and stages. Yeah. So this is a step towards better fuels, mm-hmm. moving towards fuels. Now, I I didn't realize this, but these fuels have been around for a while. Mm-hmm. There's only two factories in the US that produce them, and they basically make the fuel from um, feedstocks, like plant and animal feedstocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say, what about the production of this, this fuel? The fuel is produced in factories that are run entirely by renewable energy Yeah. to make sure that that carbon footprint remains low, because what would be the point if you, yeah. you know... Um, so, these um, um, to put it in perspective, is that a short trip from New York to Los Angeles generates two point four metric tons of CO two, and if it was Miami to Shanghai, you're talking about ten metric tons. And I know we've mentioned before that jet travel is only two and a half percent of world global emissions, but the developing world are going to start taking more flights as they become as yeah, they travel around the world yeah. more. So it's, it's a good idea to try and make flying mm. as clean as we can now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So good story, I think it's great. It is a good story and it's something that we've talked about is, um, you know, are there certain things that we should stop doing? Um, yeah, yeah. And some people would say, yes, we should stop flying. But the reality of just, you know, yeah. well, so many things, um, you know, of how we move ourselves and things around yeah. the, the world for me it's about not necessarily we have to stop everything but it's how can we do what we're doing in a in a more circular way yeah like making travel described. clean yeah that's what we've got everyone there's so many people whose dream is to travel yeah. you can't dash those dreams against you know, you know. it's part of the sort of hu- human evolution Absolutely. is to explore we've yeah, been yeah. doing it since you know yeah, since, yeah, since yeah. we were so um, let's make it let's make it clean let's make it mm. part of a recycling yeah you know, cycle yeah yeah, so. yeah great yeah, so um, so another sto- a story I was going to share, which ha- has a, a bit of a link with that point about um, do, you know do do we need should we be changing our choices about how we do things? So 
so French farmers have started to grow what they're calling zero emission tropical produce in France. Now, the, the, the question, I'll t- tell the story in a minute, but the question for me is, should we be growing tropical plants in non-tropical countries? You know, d- is there something about human beings changing the way that we do things rather than thinking we can always have what, what we always want? But let me tell you the story. Um, what French farmers have done is they've been adapting um, the cultivation methods to allow them to grow fruit like bananas, pineapples, passion fruit, spices like turmeric, kaffir lime leaves in France, which is not the warmest of, of climates, you know, some sort of northern Europe. Um, now, the way they've done it is that they found that some exotic plants are actually able to withstand the cold at cold temperatures because they produce an antifreeze. They naturally produce an antifreeze. Not all, but some. So the key thing these French farmers are saying is, well, let's find the the plants that have this natural ability to to stand up to cold temperatures. Um, So so these certain plants create a sap, and in the sap is this antifreeze, and it protects them through the winter. So I I, I didn't read this, but I'm assuming that means they don't grow, so you're not going to get them all year round necessarily. But it means that you can get these... Um, you know, bananas. It's the, the the most widely eaten fruit in the world. Is it? But bananas, they, yeah, but they come from they only come from certain places in the world, and yeah. they get transported everywhere. Yeah. So huge amount of you know um, carbon footprint. Um, and so the French farmers are doing this, and they're actually selling to Michelin star restaurants. So they're you would assume they're pretty good quality. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So back to my question at the start: Should we be growing these things in countries where they're not native? Yeah, that's interesting because you, if you think about the nature of invasive species, where we have, you know, for, instance, for example, in Scotland, they've got grey squirrels mm-hmm. came from the US, and they're slowly edging out the red squirrel population. With plants, you've got things like um, Himalayan balsam that mm-hmm. we see quite a lot of uh, around here, mm-hmm. don't we? Um, beautiful pink flowers, uh, but it's an invasive species. So as long as they keep it under control, mm-hmm. and actually it's agricultural, so it is generally controlled, isn't mm. it? Then you might say, okay. But another question for me: What's it do to the soil? Mm-hmm. Uh, growing different different things like that as well. So, but if it reduces millions of tons of yes. carbon from transportation mm-hmm. and deforestate deforestation mm-hmm. in to grow stuff, which quite often ha- happens in countries which don't have the resources to, to yeah. do it without harming the environment or whatever, yeah. then that's good, surely. So, yeah, maybe it's part of a solution. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading another story um, about uh, hydroponic farming and vertical farming. Yeah. I, I don't know how much of that is used in, in, in this um, example, but I guess just all of that together shows me that it, we don't necessarily have to stop doing things or consuming the things that we, yeah. that, that we like and, frankly, are good yeah, for yeah. us, yeah. but there's different ways we can do it. I suppose you, you if you produce them... With things like we have in this country, like the soil certification. Yeah. If you if you can do it using those already set guidelines, um, and it does it does have a noticeable impact or a recordable or accountable impact on yeah. on reducing um, you know the import of goods, therefore reducing carbon dioxide, then can it be a good thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it does need to be. Quantified, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Yeah, quantified. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Good one. Yeah. So, the UK government mm-hmm. has selected two North of England sites 
for a multi-billion pound carbon capture plant. Right. So I, I've missed something here. I thought plants and peat bogs and captured carbon, but you can capture carbon ourselves by plucking it out of the air. You know, right. people are talking about air source heat pumps mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You can capture stuff out of it. So this is part of a fast track scheme to cut 20 to 30 million tonnes of CO2 a year from heavy industry. So, ministers gave the green light to the East Coast Cluster, which plans to capture and store emissions produced across Humber and Teesside, which for Ah. our international listeners is a traditional heavy industry Mm -hmm. area. And the Hynet Northwest project in Liverpool Bay, which will also produce low-carbon hydrogen from the fossil gas. Mm. So, the East Coast Cluster is backed by BP. Mm. Equinor and energy (laughs) firms Drax and SSE uh, and hopes to cut up to 27 million tonnes a year of CO2 by 2030. The Hynet project is backed by Italian oil company uh, Eni and Progressive Energy and and plans to reduce CO2 emissions by 10 million tonnes a year. Mm -hmm. So that's quite a lot of carbon to put that in perspective the UK produced in 2020 approximately 326 million tonnes. So it's 10% okay. just in that one project yeah, 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 there. Yeah. Um, so it's quite effective. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to look that up and compare it. It's going to be 0.001 and say how it's small steps, but 10% is quite significant. Mm-hmm. And 10% is apparently the amount it went down from 2019 to 2020. Right. So all these little projects can help reduce that on a, on a yearly basis down and down and down. So the government has also earmarked a carbon capture site cluster on the east coast of Scotland. And this is in case one of the other ones doesn't work out. All right. Okay. Interestingly, mm-hmm. so they've got a backup. Carbon capture is expected to play a key role in producing clean burning hydrogen from fossil gas. Mm-hmm. So imagine that. Um, produce fossil gas, you're then taking it back in and producing clean hydrogen from it. Amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So hydrogen can be extracted from the gas and burned without emissions from gas power plants, heavy industry, or, or you know, or homes. But the process of producing hydrogen releases CO two into the air unless it is captured. Ah. You see what so, I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's all about the capture. Yeah. It's all about going. Get us that cir- circular. Circular cycle. It's, making, it's all yeah. a cycle circular. So really interesting, mm-hmm. you know. And, and this one project. Can, we, can take 10% of the UK's emissions out of the air. Hmm. That's pretty cool. And then it if is. you can use it for something useful, because I, I presume you can't just catch it and store it. Hmm. You've got to do something with it. Well, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. we're just going to run out of space to mm-hmm. store it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So, you know, sounds, mm-hmm. sounds like a good project. Of course, mm-hmm. this is one of the UK's commitments coming up to COP26, which yeah. starts today. So, yeah. Yeah. just sort of mention that one. But uh-huh. yeah. the, the, the artificial carbon capture rather than the carbon capture of the natural wood. Uh-huh. Wow, it kind of blows your mind a little bit, all the, the science. But that's oh. what I think is amazing, that, that there is so much stuff going on. And, and we and we kind of said this before, I don't mean we, you and I, but we as a, as a species, we know, we do know what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, the story I wanted to share next, um, there's, there's quite a few different elements in, in this, um, but it definitely it does fit into the sort of environment um, sort of topic that we're focusing on today. Um, and it's about green insect repellent. Um, now, it's now you, bad is it? Insect you, repellent? Well, so there, there. Are, um, I think when I read, there were three main sort of um, uh, products that that are 
oh, are used. Deep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so really, you know, synthetic, so not, not good for human <clears throat> beings, um, and I don't, the production is not particularly green. Hmm. But this, so it's a company called um, Citrofine International, and they've, they've produced, and they're now commercially, they've been researching it for years, but they're now commercially um, producing um, citrod oil, which is oil that comes from eucalyptus citrodora trees. Oh, right, okay. So it's completely natural. It's completely I've heard of citronella. I haven't heard of citronella. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if there's a connection. I didn't right, look into okay. it that far, but um, it's, it's, basically, it's a eucalyptus tree. Yeah. Um, so it's completely naturally occurring um, and is as effective, they've done research, as effective as synthetic repellents. So that's, I think that's a good thing for people like you and I. You know, yeah. We do yeah. travel and we, you know... We use insect repellent and we're, mm. we're going places. We live in Scotland, the, yeah. the dreaded midge. Yeah. If there's a natural repellent that you can use, I think that's got well, to I be think a, deep's a good thing. pesticide. It might be, yeah. It's, used it's a, certainly pretty sorry. nasty smelling. But the, the other thing that's interesting about this company is that from from this, from seeding these trees right through to um, to the end product in the in the end user's hands, um, they've worked really hard to ensure that it is um, as sustainable as possible. The tree themselves, the, the trees themselves are um, they capture a huge amount of CO two. Oh right, cool. So the the type of trees that they are they capture a huge amount. The way that they um, trim and um, do um, is it coppicing? I don't know if I've got the name right, but the way right, they, they yeah. cut the trees yeah. um, helps to increase the amount of CO two that they take in. They're very hardy trees, so they can be planted in lots of different geographical locations. Um, and they can be harvested in, in all conditions. So they basically are producing this oil all the time. Um, in terms of the production, they use excess leaf waste um, as fuel. Oh, cool. So they're bringing that yeah, into it. Good. They transport the product by sea, not air. Right, okay. And the chemical process itself um, is a simple two-step process. Um, the, the, the chemistry of reading that kind of blew my mind a bit. Boffin, boffin but Definitely territory. boffin territory. Um, but it's a really simple process um, which reduces energy and waste as mm, well. Mm. Um, and it uses a closed water system. So again, oh, it yeah, recycle, okay, yeah. recycles the water. And the other thing I loved about this story, because I always love a kind of human interest element to it, the company set up a plantation in Malawi and they've created a community there. And over the course of a year, they employ 140 to 160 local people cool. in the production. Good stuff. So I right. love it. So it was um, citrod oil. I haven't seen it in the shops. I don't well, know. I'll have to keep an eye out. But have, a, have, have an eye yeah. out, yeah. Well, the, the one I've got is quite, quite a short one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I came across it um, just briefly, you know, and it's the National Government of Pakistan, not, not a government we often talk about has expanded an innovative scheme aiming to reforest the nation to provide work for the unemployed um, agricultural workers as a result of coronavirus pandemic. All right. So the government has created 63,000 positions for unemployed uh, labourers by relaunching an ambitious um, national tree planting scheme that had been halted by the pandemic. Right. So the 10 billion tree tsunami campaign was started in 2018 by the Prime Minister Imran Khan and has now been uh, restarted with paperwork being provided to the thousands of agricultural workers facing unemployment. Mm. So that's kind of good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So the work allows living wages for these people, planting saplings and protecting the trees from fires and illegal logging. Mm-hmm. So most of the work is being carried out in rural low-income areas as well. 
um, that have been hit hard by the pandemic. And it's now the foundation of the green stimulus plan for the Pakistan um, government. Oh, brilliant. So, you know, just a short one, but just amazing, you know, mm-hmm. just turning one scheme that's already there mm-hmm. to help the planet has been flipped to help 63,000 rural, low-income agricultural workers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there have been so many examples, haven't there, of where, um, you know, over the last 18 months or whatever, where the world really turned upside down, the opportunities that have been created and how people have pivoted was mm, the, the mm. buzzword but have have changed and adapted and again the solutions to the big problems are there we just need to be yeah. creative i've the pandemic for me is has uh, also tested the metal of a lot of governments and said you know come on what you're all about let's show mm. what you can do and how you can help or how you can you know manage a difficult situation like this mm-hmm. and there's some great things coming out of mm. it, yeah know, yeah there are about you know collaboration and you know the the amount of kind of work being done on all these different things, the way a scheme like that can be flipped Mm -hmm. to help other people as well as its original intention of helping the environment. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Well, um, I think that's that's all from us for now. So when we... um, I was going to say when we broadcast again, that's probably not right, but when we publish our next episode, COP26 will have happened and oh. I wonder what um, yeah I wonder what the We're outcomes looking forward to holding governments to account yeah. after COP26 mm, yeah hopefully lots of good news to come from it now so be, yeah it'd be great and we, we will certainly be out there looking for those stories uh, for you our, our listeners um, so thank you for listening um, and as ever please share um, this episode um, share the podcast with other people you think might be interested um, and remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Susan and Dan's podcast, um, and you can message us, um, Susan at susangranfield.com, and your email address? Dan at dangranfield at gmail.com. Um, and if you've got any stories you want to share with us, please uh, please get in touch. I think that's all for now. Bye for now. Bye.